0: As we open our Bibles today, let us go before the Lord in prayer, asking Him to reveal His truth to us today. Heavenly Father, uh, we come before you today. We open the scriptures, and Lord, we ask that you would teach us through the truth of your word today. Teach us, Heavenly Father, what it means to not lose hope Teach us what it means to be persistent in prayer. Teach us what it means to be living in this time in between your first coming and your second coming. And Lord, give us faith to trust and to believe through the difficulties, through the hardships, through the good times. uh, Lord, may our hearts be attuned to you. May we be about the work that you've given us to do as a congregation. So help us now to to hear your word. Help me to speak your word. And I pray that we would be changed, equipped, transformed through it. Amen. So today we go to Luke 18. Luke 18, beginning with the first verse. You can kind of see the screen today. Did you notice we're a little dimmer? Uh, the projector is on, I guess, on its last leg right now, so we're kind of limping along right now until we get that uh, taken care of. So I was hoping you could see today, and I think you can see, so that's good. So today we go to Luke chapter 18, verses uh, 1 through 8. And Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they should always, that they, that they ought to always to pray. Always pray and not lose heart. So that's what we're looking at today. Pray and not lose heart. Now Jesus is going to give a parable, and this parable is rather surprising uh, because the judge who is unjust is given to us as an example of what it means to have faith in a persistent widow is given to us as as an example of faith. So verse 2, and he said, in a certain city there was a judge. Now this judge neither feared God nor respected man. So here we have a, a political official that did not fear God or respect men. Sound familiar? Many within politics today are the same way. They don't fear men nor they don't respect man. So we can identify with this. So here's this judge, he didn't fear God nor did he respect men. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. So something had happened to this widow. And she needed to receive the justice that was due her. So she was persistent. She continued to go back time and time again to the judge. For a while he refused. But afterwards he said to myself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. So here's this widow. She's so persistent. She's so persistent that she finally gets under the skin of this judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God... Give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? So when I read this text today, when this popped up as the the gospel lesson for this Sunday, it hit me. It hit me. And it convicted me. It convicted me once again of my my lack of persistence in prayer. Now, if you're like me, you're the type of person that may give up too easily. If something is is a little too hard, maybe you you just give up too quickly. Maybe if things aren't going your way, you think, well, maybe I'll just give up here and go in this direction. But here God... The Holy Spirit is teaching us that we should always pray, that we should be persistent in prayer, and that we should not lose heart. So we should always pray, always pray, and not lose heart. Have you ever been in that place where you felt like giving up on God? Have you ever been in that place where you said, what's the point? What's the point in praying? What's the point in believing? I pray, I ask God, and it seems that my prayers get no further than the ceiling. I'm willing to guess that there are several who are gathered with us here this morning that might be thinking just that. Why not just give up on God? What's the point? What's the point? And many have given up on God. Many who once believed no longer believe the gospel. So I want you to know this. If you're in that place today, I want you to know, number one, that you're not alone. You're not alone. Every single one of us have come to the place in our lives where we have thought, why not just give up? Why pray? Why believe? Why go to church? What's the point? What's the point? And, and the reason is that it, it seems as if God is, is a million miles away. And I don't need a God who's a million miles away. What I need today is a God whom I know is there and, and hears me and is acting on my behalf. That's what I need. I need a God who's with me when my heart aches. I need a God who's with me in in the midst of temptation. And you might be saying today, Pastor, I don't think God is with me, so I'm throwing in the towel. I think we've been in that place before. If we're honest, if we're honest about our relationship with God, if if we kind of lay aside the super piety... And we take off all of these, these uh, religious layers, this, this way that we've learned to present ourselves in church, we say, Yeah, I've been in that place. I've been in that place where I've doubted God. And I've doubted even the point of praying anymore. Jesus says in verse 7 and 8. Will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will God not give justice to his elect, to his chosen ones? Will he not give justice to those who cry out to him day and night? Will he he delay? Will he he keep from answering? So we hear hear God promise things like this, that that, that he'll come to our aid, that he'll move on our behalf, that he, he will not delay Children are crying out day and night. And guess what? Injustice still prevails. Have you turned on the news lately? Have you read what's going on in our world? We cry out to him day and night, and it seems as if injustice is still triumphing over good. So if God is there... And if he's promising to exercise justice upon the earth quickly, why do so many bad things happen? Why do so many bad things happen to innocent people? These are deep questions. Accidents, illness, death. Why are these things happening in our world? Natural disasters. Floods, tornadoes, hurricanes, tsunamis, and fires. You didn't think this sermon was going to be so depressing. (laughs) God, where is the justice? Your children are crying out night and day, and we're still experiencing pain and anguish. People see these things and they give up on God, they stop praying they lose heart they lose hope they stop trusting because we're taught god is good right how many of you heard that growing up god loves you god is good and that's true right and then we grew up hearing this god is all powerful nothing is beyond his ability he's capable of doing anything he loves you, and he is all-powerful. And then we have a hard time reconciling these two truths, right? If God is all-loving and if God is all-powerful, then why do bad things happen? Did you know that this, this uh, dilemma is one of the oldest dilemmas that, that, he, that, that philosophers and theologians have been dealing with for thousands of years? In theological terms, we call this, or in philosophy, we call this the problem of theodicy. The problem of theodicy. So there's your big word for today. The Bible teaches us that God is all-loving. The Bible teaches us that God is all-powerful. So the big question, then, why does God put, why doesn't God put a stop to all suffering? If he's all-powerful, if he's all-loving, why doesn't he just put a stop, then, to all suffering and pain? Why do so many bad things happen? Um, Some have answered the problem of theodicy by saying that that God really isn't all-loving. So he really isn't an all-loving God. Or they've answered the the problem by saying, well, he is all-loving, but he's really not all-powerful. He'd like to put a stop to it, but he just doesn't have the power to stop the bad thing." So there are all sorts of ways that people have tried to answer this problem. We reject both as heresy. As those who hold to a very high view of Scripture, we confess with all that is in us that God is all-loving and that God is all-powerful, and we will never stop preaching that. We will never stop preaching that. And there's something else that we confess, too. Jesus is coming again. Jesus is coming again. And when he comes again, he will finally, he will once and for all exercise justice upon the earth. The almighty, the all-powerful, the all-loving Savior is coming again. And he is making everything new. So right now we're living in this in-between time, right? In between the first coming of Jesus and in between the second coming of Jesus. We're waiting for that day. So today we're living in that in-between time. And Jesus gave this parable. He taught us this parable to, to, so that we know what it means to live in this time in between the two advents of Jesus. That we, all, that we always should pray. That we should always pray. Be persistent in prayer. Never give up praying because we know that the answer is coming. We know that Jesus is coming. We know the solution to this problem that we're walking through right now is on the way. We're living in this in-between time. And in this in-between time, we never give up praying. We're persistent in prayer. And we do not lose hope. Did you know that suffering will not have the final say? You know that? That thing that you're going through today, the the difficulty, the pain, the grief, whatever it is, it doesn't have the final say. Jesus has the final say. He will return. He will exercise justice upon the earth. So we await that day. Today we suffer. Today we experience heartache. We experience the pain of living in a fallen world, but suffering does not have the final say. Jesus already had the final say. Did you know that sin, death, and the devil were defeated on the cross? It already happened. The final battle has already been fought and won. We go back 2,000 years, and we look at a point in history where, where the creator of the universe, the one who spoke the universe into existence, went to the cross, there he suffered, and there he died to bring salvation and a final resolution uh, to all of the difficulty that we face in life. Sin, death, and hell, Satan defeated on the cross, and Jesus is risen, and Jesus has promised to come again. He has promised to bring to completion our total salvation from this world of suffering right now we're living in the in-between. We're living between the first coming and the second coming. So Jesus prepared his disciples. He prepared his disciples before he left. In John 16, Jesus said this, in this world you will have trouble. In this world you'll have trouble. How many of you could say to that amen? In this world I have had trouble. But then he said this, do not lose heart. Do not lose heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus speaks so plainly. He doesn't beat around the bush. In this world you will have trouble. But do not lose heart. For I have overcome the world. You are not immune to suffering or heartache. But listen, we do not lose heart. We have confidence. Not because of anything within us. Not because of anything that this world gives to us. But because Jesus has overcome the world by his death and in his resurrection. And then once and for all, finally, in his second coming. Jesus overcame the world on the cross. It was on the cross that Jesus crushed the head of Satan. So know this. A mortal wound has already been inflicted upon the enemy. He's already mortally wounded today. It was on the cross where the sin of humanity was taken away by the blood of Jesus. So this sin that separates us from God was taken away by the blood of Jesus. So when God sees you, he doesn't see your sin. He sees the very righteousness of Jesus Christ. And on the cross, it was on the cross that Jesus demonstrated his love towards us. He loves you. If he didn't love you, he never would have went to the cross. So on the cross, Satan uh, was defeated. On the cross, sin was taken care of. And on the cross, the love of Jesus is demonstrated towards you. So where do you look when it seems like God is a million miles away? Where do you look when you feel like giving up? Where you feel like throwing in the towel? What's the point of praying? What's the point of believing? What's the point in going to church? Where do you look when it seems as if your prayers go no further than the ceiling? You look to the cross. Because it was on the cross that, that God proved his love for those who suffer in this life. Isn't it amazing that the creator of the universe entered into our world. He entered into the womb of the virgin. And He was was born into our world. And the first breath that He took was to breathe in the toxic air of this sin-infected world. He lived among us. He experienced every emotion, every temptation, every difficulty... And then he willingly, out of love for you, went to the cross where he suffered, where he experienced agony. So when we suffer, we look to the cross and we say, that is God. That is the creator of this vast universe. This is the all-powerful, the almighty, the all-loving one who subjected himself to the torment of the cross for me and for my deliverance for eternity from this ruined world. So we look to the cross. We look to the one who suffered because through his suffering, our suffering takes on new meaning. We look on the one who suffered because through his suffering we are given faith And we are given hope to not give up, to believe, and to always pray. Now, to all of us who experience suffering in this world, or who watch the ones that we love suffer, what are we to do? Well, Jesus told us, don't give up. Keep praying. Remain persistent in these simple ordinary things that God has given to you to pray without ceasing to never give up to remain faithfully persistent to remain faithfully confident in prayer to continue to cry out day and night to cry out before this one this Savior this God who went to the cross for you to say will not you God give justice to his chosen ones, to his elect who cry out day and night. He will. He will. He will bring justice. Right now we're living in the in-between, but soon Christ will return. He'll set everything right again. If a godless judge gave a persistent widow justice, how much more will an all-powerful and all-loving God give justice to his chosen ones? He will. He's promised it. Trust. Believe. Never give up praying. You may give up on God, but Jesus has never given up on you. He never has, and he never will. He loves you. He died for you. Trust in him, and know this. He's on his way. He's on his way. He's coming. One of my favorite Bible teachers in seminary said that the limousine has pulled up to the curb. The limousine has pulled up to the curb. You know what he's talking about? Jesus is about ready to step out. He is just about ready to step out into our world to set all things right. He's coming with the clouds. That's what the angel said, right? Don't give up on him. He went to the cross for you to demonstrate a love that no man or woman has for another. So when your faith falters, look to the cross. When you feel like throwing in the towel, look to the cross. God didn't give up on you. He's coming. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. Give us faith to trust and to believe, to not give up praying. Lord, there are many things that I'm praying for. For these, your people. Lord, help me to remain faithful in that. Help me to remain faithful in that, to continue to pray. And I know there are many here that are praying, praying for this church. Help them to remain persistent in praying for this church. There are many here that are praying for loved ones, people that they love that are going through deep suffering and anguish, people that they love that don't know you as Savior. Lord, help them to remain persistent and faithful in prayer. Give to this church what is needed now. Give us faith in you, a persistent faith that never gives up. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.